trying to get up, get set up here, and I should be good to go. All right. Good morning, saints. It's good to be here. All that just happened is evidence that salvation has to be by the grace of God alone. If God were to leave us one thing to do, if God were to leave us one thing to do for us to be righteous, there would not be any hope for anyone. But before I multiply my words, hopefully with the wisdom of God, let us go before him and ask for his blessing upon this day and upon the message that he has given me to come and proclaim to you. Let us pray. Our dear and heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are. Yes, yes. We honor you for your Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for his faithfulness to come and save us from our sins. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who has given us the knowledge of the truth. Yes. Who helps us to understand the things that are written about Christ and about his salvation. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the work that he has done and that he is doing now, even through us, his body. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your church, universal, wherever Christ is named on this planet. We pray for every saint. Mm. We thank you for Elder Watson and the brethren here and the work that you are doing through him. We pray for grace to be multiplied to him and the saints. We thank you for the Christian response ministry, for giving them the heart to continue with the Great Commission, that the name of Christ may be proclaimed in every corner of the globe. Mm. We honor you for all things, and I pray again that you help us with the hearing, and may you speak to us. Yes. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Greetings one and all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who saved us from the wrath to come by the sacrifice of himself. Yes. Yes. My name is Brother or Pastor or Elder James Guiho. And Sister Clara, your sins have been forgiven. (laughs) 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 Of Benny and Sovereign Grace Church in Columbus, Ohio. But originally from Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. I'd like to thank the Lord Jesus Christ, not just for saving me, for saving you, but for committing to us the gospel of our salvation to proclaim it. And I would like to thank Elder Watson 
my brother and sister Trina for inviting me through the Christian Response Ministry to share some faithful words of what the Lord has done and is doing through us. Amen. Amen. And I would like to also thank my wife, Sister Ella, for being my companion in this business, and the sisters also who came with us, Sister Matilda, Charlene, Mukai, and Gail. They support the work of the Lord wherever they are able to travel with me. I'm from Zimbabwe originally, as I said. The Lord brought me to this side about 23 years ago, and he introduced himself to me in 2008. Hmm. And I've known about Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church since about the same time through the teaching of Elder D.J. Ward. I used to have two CDs that never got out of my CD player in the car. And actually, I knew the sermons word for word. (laughs) And also through the Sovereign Grace Bible Conference, I met our brother here, Elder Watson, Elder Barney Johnson, mm-hmm. who adopted me as his son yeah. and wanted to be here, and he's still mad at Elder Watson mm-hmm. for not telling him in a good time so that he would be with us this morning. Also, once you mention the Sovereign Grace Bible Conference, you're talking about Elder Spots. Yes. And the whole family, so I know most of those brothers and sisters. Yes. And I'm sure that we know the same kind of people and we eat the same kind of food. Yes. Chiefly the gospel of Christ. Yes. Amen. That has caused our paths to cross as they are today. And the Lord impressed on me to carry the gospel testimony to as far as he will give me grace to preach the gospel. So I determined to preach the gospel in Africa, Mm. but also he has opened opportunities in other places, obviously here in the United States. Uh, I've gone to Hawaii, I think that's too far off the mainland that we could say it's a different country. I've traveled to England and had conferences several times in South Africa, several times in Zimbabwe, several times. And I do travel, and when I travel, I hold week-long conferences of just teaching pretty much all day. Mm -hmm. And that means that's a warning. We may be here the whole day (laughs) if the Lord grants me grace to speak. But COVID did get in the way of my travel plans from 2020 to about 2022. But I pray to be on the road again sometime end of November to December to Kenya, 
and Zimbabwe, the Lord has opened an opportunity for me to come and declare the gospel in, in Kenya. I've never been to Kenya yet. So I'm looking forward to that and be praying for the Lord to help us with whatever we need. And my desire is this, as Paul wrote to Timothy, I had shared this at the Embracing the Truth conference in 2016, I believe, or thereabout, from 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, Apostle Paul writing to young Timothy, he said, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mm-hmm. So proclaiming the gospel and looking for faithful men in these places who will be able to teach others also that the message of Christ may continue to go on. That is the gospel commission. And I could talk on this for long and I can share some other details after I'm done with the presentation of the message that the God, that the Lord has given me. But I wanted to say thank you very much for the love and the support. Amen. Amen. And willingness to come alongside me in this work of spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It, it's a huge burden to carry, but it is also the Lord's burden he will see to it. Yes. And with that, we'll go into the text that the Lord has given me to share with you, and it's going to be from the book of John. John chapter 8. You may stand for the reading of the Lord's word. John 8 verses 1 to 11. The apostle recorded for us and said, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had them not. So when they continued, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which had it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the elders 
even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Mm-hmm. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Had no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And that is the word of the Lord. And we may be seated. We have three titles to the message. I could have more if you want. Number one title, What Sayest Thou? What Sayest Thou? And number two title, Where Are Thine Accusers? Where Are Thine Accusers? And number three, Jesus and the Woman Alone. Jesus and the woman alone. My brothers and sisters, we must preach Christ. And that means the gospel. We are sinners and sinners need to hear the gospel. We need the gospel to live. So pray for me and pray for you that the Lord will speak to us that which is faithful and needful. And I do hope you brought something to eat. All right. Because I'm known to speak very long. (laughs) But that was the tradition of the Lord Jesus and Apostle Paul. So I'm in good company. But the Lord will give me as much words as he would have you to hear. All right. So we have here in the book of John a very familiar story of a woman who was caught in adultery. And we'll go to the story and work the gospel details of it. And see how the Lord will profit our hearing and make us wise in respect of salvation. Right. The details of the text will help us to understand God's mind about the matter of salvation and the matter of how he deals with sinners. All right. So we work our way verse by verse to verse 11. And I'm going to say again, I'm a teacher and a preacher. So I do what is called pressuring. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's why things take a little bit long. Yes, sir. John 8, verse 1, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives and to this very thing, Apostle Luke said this, Luke, the doctor, in 21, verse 37 and 38, and in the daytime, He was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet. Yes, sir. Then early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Yes, yes. They came to 
Hear Jesus. Yes, sir. So we are gathered this morning to hear him. Amen. Not hear me. All right. And in John 8, the Lord, the background is he had just been talking to the Jews in the previous chapter in John 7. All right. He had been to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, and the feast was ended. And there had been some discussion among the Jews, the scribes and Pharisees, about the things that the Lord had said. All right, yes. And the scribes and Pharisees, the religious authorities of the day, had desired to apprehend him by sending their officers. But the officers came back with empty hands. Uh -huh. They were mesmerized by the things that the Lord had spoken. So when they got back the report to the scribes and Pharisees, they were asked why they had not brought Jesus with them. Why did, did they not arrest him? And the officer said in John 7, 46, Never man spake like this man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They were mesmerized by his power, by his authority, yes, sir. by his understanding. Yes. But the scribes and Pharisees said, That is deception. Huh. You have been deceived by this man and Nicodemus who Jesus had met in John chapter 3, had tried to defend Jesus against the scribes and Pharisees in the Sanhedrin, but he also was accused of being deceived by Jesus. Huh. Yes, sir. And I shall speak this morning also as one who has been deceived by Jesus, huh. but in a very good way. All right. The world thinks that the gospel is deception. All right. Because God has not shown them the truth as it is in Christ. Mm. The gospel is deception, sounds like deception, is foolishness to those who are perishing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. But to us, it is the power of God unto salvation. Yes, sir. Yes. So the Lord had left Jerusalem and went to retire in the Mount of Olives. And early morning, early in the morning, that's verse 2 of John 11, of John 8, and early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Yes. See the authority. Jesus did not clear with any authorities so as to get permission to preach in the temple about himself. All right. <laughs> he just showed up and started preaching. Yes, sir. And no one asked him for his certificate or diploma. That's right. To preach about Jesus. All you need to preach about Jesus is Jesus because Jesus preached Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we do not need to go to school 
in order that we may talk about ourselves. You and I don't need to go to school to talk about ourselves. So Jesus did not need to go to school to talk about Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You get the point? Yes, sir. Verse 3, John 8. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. The scribes and Pharisees brought unto Jesus a woman who was caught in adultery. All right. Like early in the morning. That was some really good catch for that early in the morning. And I'm wondering how they caught her that early in the morning. Well, did they also not sleep at home? Come on. Just thinking out loud. Come on. And where was the man with whom she had committed the act? Yes, sir. She, she could not have been committing adultery by herself. That's right. Man. But anyways, they brought her to Jesus. Yes, sir. And let us hear the development of the story. And when they had set her in the midst, verse 4, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Yes. So they brought the woman and set her in the midst. I guess to say she was surrounded by this crowd of people and they read their charge of her to Jesus and said, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Uh Now, that is some really incriminating stuff. Yes, sir. Being caught in the very act. And if you were caught in the very act of any sin under the law, you were in serious trouble. Uh Uh-huh. If you're caught in the very act, it means there are witnesses. And there's no way of escape. All right. But this is the larger point of the statement. You and I, in every sin that we have ever committed to God, in word, thought, and deed, It is like being caught in the very act. All right. Even though no one ever saw us doing some of the sins, but God sees all things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he knows all things. Yes. So there's no running away or hiding from him. That's right. So we must understand that this story was recorded for us for gospel preaching. All right. Not for us to know the particular sin of this woman. And you may know that a lot of professing Christians, you've been around for a while, they put a lot of confidence in that they never committed this sin and that other sin. Huh. That they never committed adultery and they falsely conclude that it should be well between them and God because they never did this sin or that other sin. All right, all right. Brothers and sisters, that is a false hope 
on account <coughs> on account of the testimony of the Pharisee that was recorded for us in Luke 18, you know the testimony of the Pharisee who came into the temple and he was praying to himself and thanking God and saying, God, I thank you. I am not like other men. Come on. Not even like this woman. <laughs> so how different are you? Or oh, I give a tenth of everything that I own. I do not extort anything from anyone. I do not do what? I do not commit adultery. All right. And I'm sure his resume was even bigger than that if God had given him enough time to talk. <laughs> but what was the man saying? What was the Pharisee saying to God when he came and began to talk about himself? He was making an application for salvation by his own works. All right. And said, God, look to my resume, how beautiful my resume is. That is my testimony of salvation. But Jesus completely rejected that testimony. He threw it out. Yes, sir. Jesus accepted the testimony of the text collector, the text collector who was a thief. All right. But the text collector did not talk about himself in any positive light. No, no. He said, God, be merciful to me, sinner that I am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we are under obligation to tell the truth on God. We have to. Yes, sir. And how he makes uh, or has made sinners righteous, any kind of sinner. Yes. And I believe and I hope that you have been or you are some kind of sinner. <laughs> Because the gospel is for sinners. Huh. The gospel is for sinners. Yes. And once we find something that we think we did not do and we end up putting our confidence in that. Yes, sir. Then to that extent, we have been deceived away from the truth of Christ. That's right. Yeah. And Christ will profit us nothing. Huh. Lord of mercy. If we put our confidence in our marriages, in anything that we do for righteousness, as some people have done and are doing, then we are asking God to judge us not by His grace, mm. Lord, but by the law. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And if you will be judged by the law, to see your fitness, to determine your fitness, your qualification to God's blessing, you shall be left in the hands of the Pharisees and the scribes to be stoned. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Paul said, salvation is not in what we did or we did not do. That's right. It is all of Christ. All of Christ. His cross, yes, sir. His yes, sir. blood, yes, sir. God's grace, yes, sir. And that to say it is free, yes. Paul says in Romans three, verse twenty. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Well, 
for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That was the function and is still the function of the law to give the knowledge of sin. All right, preacher. But here the testimony of the law to those that were caught in adultery, caught in sin, John 8 verse 5, the scribes and Pharisees say to Jesus, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, such should be put on death row. All right. That's what she, what, that's what they're saying. Such a one should be put Lord, have mercy. on death row. Yes. That's right. They should die. Uh-huh. But where did Moses command such? It's in Deuteronomy 22, verse 22. And this is what the text says. The man is found lying with a woman, married to a husband, then both of them shall, shall die. The man that lay with the woman and the woman so you shall put away the evil from Israel. That is what Moses commanded. That is what the law commanded. All right. And still commands. Huh. If you put yourself under it. Lord, have mercy. To approach God by your doing of it. The law of Moses does not and has not changed. That's right. And some say they use the law for sanctification. In other words, to better themselves in righteousness. Mm. But there's no such use written in the Bible. Not in the text of the New Testament. There's no teaching of sanctification by the law. The law was given as the letter that kills it was given as the ministry of death and condemnation. All right. It was given as the letter that increases sin and increases God's wrath and gives the knowledge of sin. And also, it is for the unrighteous. Mm. And the redeemed of Christ are righteous because of Christ. All right, all right. Yes, we stumble in sin, but we are righteous. Yes, sir. That's how God sees us. Yes, sir. We are righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. Yes, sir. So, to understand the story more, to be benefited by the story more, we have to define who the scribes and Pharisees are in the story. Uh-huh. They come not just as some self-righteous people, yes, they are, but they're coming as representatives of the law. They are the ones who sat in the seat of Moses. Come on. They bring the charge and the judgment of the law of adultery. And they said, such a one who is caught must be stoned to death. Yes, sir. Why stone her and not beat her up? The stone represents or represented the law. The law was written on tablets of stone. Yes, sir. And thus to be stoned means to be condemned by the law. Remember the demoniac at the Gadarenes. 
If you go and read the story, he used to cut himself with stones. Yes. And that to say the law is for sinners to cut themselves to death. Lord have mercy. The law can only cut you to death. It can never bring salvation. That's right. And the law comes and says, this woman is deserving of death because the wages of sin is death. Yes, sir. And the power of sin is in the law. Yes. That is the testimony of the law against a sinner like you and I because we stumble in many ways. All right. So if anyone should bring you back under Moses, Moses says, such a one must be stoned. But there's more. The scribes and Pharisees say to Jesus, but what sayest thou? Yeah. What do you say to all this Jesus? Let us unpack a number of things. All right. At three levels. Number one, what that is asking. What do you say about Moses' judgment? About Moses' pronouncement? Number two. What do you say about this woman now that she is facing death? Huh. Number three. Do you have higher authority than Moses? Well. In other words, is Jesus greater than Moses? Huh. Are they equal? Or is Jesus less than Moses? Does Jesus get authority from Moses or is the other way around? Come on. In simple terms, uh-huh. is grace greater than law or is law greater than Christ? Lord have mercy. Or is grace less than law? It's very important how we answer that. Because how we answer that determines whether the woman is stoned or she goes home. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Verse 6. John 8. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. So the scribes and Pharisees said this, tempting Jesus that they might find occasion to accuse him. In what manner is the temptation? And how would they accuse him? Hmm. They're waiting to see if Jesus would set the woman free. And if he would do that, then they would call him an antinomian, an anti-law person. Yes, yes. For going against Moses. Uh-huh. And this is a charge that you're going to hear and you probably have heard many times every time you come and say, oh, we are saved by God's grace alone and we are not under the law. And someone says, no, that's anti-law. That's anti-nominism. You guys hate God's law. No, we do not hate God's law. We love God's law. But we tell the truth as it is in Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That the law was perfectly 
fulfilled for us in Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that tells you that we are not in the same camp of the Pharisees and the scribes who were opposed to Jesus. But now there's a side B to the temptation by the scribes and Pharisees. The side A was if he would set the woman free. And the side B is if Jesus should condemn the woman then he is not a merciful person. Come on. And that would set him against the common people who listen to him. Yes, sir. So he cannot do right by them and they've made their prosecution watertight for Jesus. At least to their way of thinking. They think they've cornered Jesus. And good luck for trying to corner Jesus. So they're determined to take Jesus down by any means necessary, especially using the law of which they thought they were masters of. Uh So Jesus, tell us, what should be done with this sinner? And any sinner for that matter, what should be done to them? Should she be stoned? Should she be hanged according to the law or should she live? And in that, we will also see who is greater, you or Moses. Remember, the Jews always had this thing. They were doubting what Jesus was saying about himself. But this is what Jesus did. Jesus took down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had them not. Jesus, who was took down as the religious Leaders were bringing their charges, gave them the silent treatment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like talk to the hand. Yeah, yeah. That's good. But he wrote something on the ground with his finger that the apostle did not tell us. Uh huh. But it was though as if he had them not. Verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself. And said unto them, He that is without sin among you, uh-huh. let him first cast a stone at her. So they kept pressing Jesus to answer their question. They were determined. And Jesus lifted himself up. Yes. In other words, he changed his posture. Yes, he did. To a standing position. Uh-huh. The Holy Spirit does not use words for nothing. He means to communicate something important. All right. Why did Jesus change his posture? Because this was a trial. We have the accused, we have the accuser. Yes, sir. And we have Jesus, the advocate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, And there's no advocate who defends a client seated. Uh, come on. That's they must stand. Yeah. That's here. From other trial that happened in the book of Acts. Let's go to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, beginning at verse 52. And that also is a familiar story of Stephen. 
Stephen is bringing fire to the Jews, telling them that they are lawbreakers, they are unbelievers, they hate God. <laughs> Verse 52, Luke says, Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the judgment, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. None in the history of Israel except the Lord Jesus ever kept the law. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Stephen continued, verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Because that is the response of people, the religious people, when you tell them that they are not law keepers, but are law breakers. Uh -huh. They get angry. Yes. But he, verse 55, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Huh. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Stephen said, He saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Yes. That's strange. Because after the resurrection, what you read in the New Testament is that Jesus is seated right. and not standing. Yes. Jesus is seated on the right hand of majesty on high. Yes, sir. So what's up with this standing? He is both. All right. Christ is seated as the high priest because he made an end to the purification of our sins. All right. He is seated in that respect. But he also stands as the advocate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because yes. Stephen is having a trial. One of his own is being accused of blasphemy. Yes. And Christ is revealed standing, making intercession for Stephen, even as they are stoning him. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's why Jesus stood up. He was the advocate yes, sir. for this woman. Let's hear verse 7 again of John 8. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone in her. He who has no sin among you, let them cast the judgment of the law on this woman. In other words, none is qualified to condemn another sinner who is a sinner themselves. All right. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you say that again? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
None is qualified. That's right. To condemn another sinner who is a sinner themselves. So Jesus cut it off for everybody. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he says, Show me your certificate. Show me your qualification. You are not qualified. You cast the first stone. And the very first stone that you cast, you are casting it against yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Judgment has been given to the Son. It is reserved to the Son. To the one who has no sin. And that means the Lord Jesus. Jesus, come on, please hurry so that we can settle this matter. This woman has somewhere to go. Maybe she has an appointment to go shopping at the mall. (laughs) All right, all right. John 8, verse 8. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. We do not know what he wrote. If you read, you're going to have a lot of speculations. Uh-huh. But it's all speculation. All right. But we can glean something from his movement. And when he stoops down like an advocate, after he's done making their oral arguments, uh-huh. they go sit back on the chair, on the bench. So Jesus is saying, I'm done. All right. This case is closed. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't care if you agree with it or not. I've already made my defense. Yes, sir. <laughs> Verse 9. And they which had it, they which had the oral defense by Jesus, being convicted by their own conscience. Yes, sir. Convicted of their own right unrighteousness. Convicted that they too were worthy of death because of sin. Yes, sir. They went out one by one. Yes, yes. Pay attention to the text. Beginning at the elders, even unto the last. Yes. From the elders to the least of them, one by one, they went out. The Holy Spirit wants you to know something about that. They departed from the woman. But what are we supposed to make of that? How are we supposed to understand that? Well, this is not a discussion of the walking away of the scribes and the Pharisees. This is not a discussion of the scribes and Pharisees against Jesus. No. This is a discussion of the law yes. as represented by the testimony of the scribes and the Pharisees yes. versus Jesus. Huh. So it's law and Jesus. It's law versus grace. Huh. And the law and all of its commandments brings the testimony mm. of death against every sinner. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. From the very least of the commandments to the greatest of them, they bring the same judgment. Yes. Why? Because of what the law says. 
The law says, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things written in the book to do them. Now, a lot of people just talk about doing law, but they don't do the law. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because talking and doing are not the same thing. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. So the smallest of the commandments of the law will condemn you to hell just as is the greatest of the commandments. So the walking away of the accusers from the greatest to the least of them was a walking away of the condemnation of the commandments of the law against the sinner in the face of Jesus. My Lord. This only happens when Jesus is there. Yes, sir. The law only walks away from a sinner in the presence of Jesus. My Lord. And that to say, that is a walking away of the condemnation. The commandments of the law and their condemnation of the sinner must walk away. All of them. None can remain standing. Because if there's one commandment that stands against you, you're gone. Yes. As James 2.10 says, if you break one of the commandments, you are guilty of the whole thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if there is one that's still standing, then you are still in trouble. Yes, so sir. every one of them, from the least to the greatest, they must withdraw, they must go. Yes. I pray the Lord bless you with the understanding. And what happens if Jesus has stood up to defend a sinner? My Lord. The text says, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Yes. And this, brothers and sisters, is not understood by many professing Christians in the church and it is not being preached for its simplicity. Well, the sinner as represented by this woman is the bride of Christ. All right. All right. And she was left in the hands of Jesus. Yes. Not in the hands of the law. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Why? Because the law had done its function. Yes. Through the scribes and the Pharisees. Yes. Yes. The law was not for our salvation. Come on. It was not for our justification. No. Was not for our sanctification. No. But was given to get us caught in the very act of sin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That we may be brought to Christ. Yes, sir. For salvation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The law was the schoolmaster, the tutor to Christ. Galatians 3. Let's go there for some testimony.
Galatians 3, 23 to 25. Apostle Paul says, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Yeah. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. That's right. Yeah. Now that faith has come is saying now that Christ has come. Now that grace has been revealed, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. And the law was the schoolmaster. It was the tutor. Yes. The redeemed of the Lord are not under the schoolmaster. No, no. They are not under the covenant of Mount Sinai. Come on. We are married to Christ. Yes, sir. And that is why Jesus was left with the woman alone. And the woman representing the church of Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The law must decrease. Moses must decrease. Amen. John the Baptist is the one who said that. He must increase. And I must decrease. Yes, sir. What was John talking about? John was a prophet. But John was the son of Zechariah, who was a priest. Yes, sir. And that means John also bore the testimony of the law. So when the law sees Jesus through John, he says, I must decrease and he must increase. Yes, sir. And how much did John decrease? God had him beheaded. All right. That's how serious God is and was with the matter of preaching Christ. All right. Jesus could have set John the Baptist free if he wanted. Yes, sir. But John must decrease, the law must decrease. And John has said in conversation, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. All right. Yes, sir. Yes. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. So I decrease. In other words, the law is saying Jesus is the rightful owner of the bride that is called the church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I do not get to pack my bags and go on vacation, go on a honeymoon with the bride and the bridegroom. Ah. That best man will be a really bad best man. <laughs> but that's what the church unfortunately is preaching. Because when they say you're still under the law, you're still under Moses, they are saying, Christ and his bride, they do pack bags together with the best man and go on a honeymoon together. Lord, have mercy. And God will not accept that. God will not, will not do it. 
We will not do it. We cannot be married to both. No, no. That's an illegal marriage. And so the Holy Spirit says, Jesus, left with Jesus alone. Left with Jesus alone. Yes, sir. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John, Elijah, and Moses. Moses, Elijah, overshadowed by the cloud. God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Yes. Yes. Don't listen to Moses. Don't listen to Elijah. Listen to him. Yes, sir. And he overshadowed them. And the disciples were shocked. And when they got up, they found themselves. And they saw Jesus alone. The text says, Christ must be alone. Christ alone. Because salvation is by grace alone. Yes. If you see yourself with Jesus plus something, you have the wrong Jesus. Jesus plus law is the wrong Jesus. Jesus plus good works for salvation is the wrong Jesus. That is not acceptable math of salvation. He must be alone with his bride. Yes. Verse 10 of John 8. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Had no man condemned thee? When Jesus lifted himself up, he saw the woman in the company of who? No one. Not with some other man that she committed adultery with. That's why the dude did not show up. <laughs> God did not want him in the conversation. All right. And not with those who accused her. She was by herself yes. with Jesus. Yes. And Jesus asked her and said, Woman, what is your gospel? <laughs> Where are thine accusers? Where are those thine accusers. And it is not like he did not know what had happened to them. He knew what had happened to them. Yes. He was preaching. Yes. Where are the commandments of the law that condemned you? Where is the condemnation? Did anyone condemn thee? Did anything condemn you? Because if they did, I'm here to take care of it. All right. Yes, sir. There anybody that still condemns you? And she said, verse 11, No man, Lord, no one has condemned this sinful woman, but was she not supposed to die? How come none has condemned her? How come the law has not condemned her to be stoned who is an adulteress? Because we have to answer that. She didn't do anything. She didn't give money to the church. Well, She didn't say, oh Lord, I have repented to forgive my sins. She did not even ask for forgiveness. Come on, come on. 
we were not saved because we asked God for forgiveness. That's right. Come on. We're saved because it pleased God. Yes, sir. To save us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And someone greater than Moses was present. Something greater than the law was present. Christ Jesus had appeared to take away a sin. Yes, sir. Grace had appeared. Grace superior. Grace greater than the law. Yes. And so to the earlier question asked by the scribes and the Pharisees when they came to Jesus with a woman, they said, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? What is your judgment? Because everything said and done, that's all that matters. What Christ says, what sayest thou? Because if we hear Christ's judgment, then we also will find hope and encouragement because of our sins. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And this is in two parts. There is a declaration and a command. Yes, sir. First, the declaration. Neither do I condemn thee. And the second part, the imperative. Go and sin no more. Very important. Many in the religious world love the second part. Uh Of go and sin no more. And they do not appreciate the significance of the first declaration. They minimize the first declaration. Or they make the first declaration contingent on you sinning no more. They'll come and say, well, stop sin to be saved. Well, there's no one who can stop sin to be saved. Because if that's the case, then no one is saved. They do not realize that there's no hope for them in the second part of the command. All right. There is an indicative and an imperative here in the words of Jesus and it's very purposeful on this part of Jesus. Neither do I condemn thee is the indicative. This is what respects his standing before God and is unconditional. Jesus did not say, well, if you do this and don't do that, he said, no, neither do I condemn thee because salvation is unconditional on anything yes. that we do. Yes, sir. What does that mean? Neither do I condemn thee. It means I have justified you from your sin. And Jesus does not justify one sin 
and not justify from the other sins. Well, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. If he justifies you from one sin, he justifies from all sins. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. He justifies the whole person. Yes. Completely. The first declaration of neither do I condemn thee has more weight than the second command. It is the one that carries the command. The command does not carry the declaration. All right. Stopping sin is not what makes you righteous before God. Come on. Justification is a one-time pronouncement. Huh. Yes, it is. By God. Yes, sir. Of the sinners standing before him that they are righteous. Yes, sir. Because of Christ. Yeah. Come on. Come on. And once pronounced, none can condemn. None can bring a charge against God's elect. That's right. And that's what Jesus did with the woman. She justified her. And that means this woman was a sister. She belonged to Jesus. The woman was righteous. And that's offensive. Huh. Because she has just been caught in the very act. Teach, man. Not last year. Not when she was in high school. Come on. Not when she was in college. She's just been caught this very morning. Yes, sir. And Jesus says, she's righteous. <laughs> yes, sir. She is so righteous and that's very offensive. Yes. Especially to those who think they're keeping the law. Alright. They do not like to hear the testimony of justifying sinners freely yes. without any cause found in them. Ah. But they'll come and say, but Jesus, she was caught in the very act. Yes. Jesus says, no, she's righteous. That is what Jesus meant by saying, neither do I condemn thee. Caught in the very act, yes. But Jesus says, yes, but she also is righteous. Yes, sir. Jesus did not deny the charge. No, he didn't. But he did not entertain it. Come on. <laughs> huh. It's That's incredible. He didn't. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yes, sir. Come on. Now to the second part, the imperative to go and sin no more. Wow. My question. That's good. Do you believe the woman, this sister, did not ever sin between then and when she died. Because the fact that she committed adultery, I'm thinking she's still some young sister. She has some long ways to go. She would, for sure, have sinned in some other way. Maybe not necessarily the same adultery, given that the dude ran away. The sister was not glorified in her flesh. You and I are yet to be glorified. The sister earlier, at the very beginning of the service, 
was praying and looking forward to our glorification. But here and now we are not glorified. Yes, as far as God is concerned, we are glorified in Christ. Yes, sir. But the experience of it is not yet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, so we stumble. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We stumble with sin. It's necessary that we stumble with sin because in that we look to Christ alone. Yes, sir. No confidence in the flesh. Okay? Amen. See again the ordering of the words by Jesus. Jesus did not say, go and sin no more and I will not condemn you. And unfortunately, that's how it's preached in a lot of places. That's right. Go and sin no more. I saw a picture on Facebook. Some sister, she came into a church building. It was empty. I think there was one other person. And she was almost naked. It's a big post. I think it has attracted more than 30,000 comments or so. And everyone was busy saying as much bad stuff as they could say. How could she go into the church naked? She should have looked for clothing, get a dress or something before she came. And I stopped by and made a comment. And I said, <laughs> everyone is naked before God anyway. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The fact that she's coming naked, she is saying, I need a better covering. Yes, sir. She needs a better covering of Christ. Yes, sir. Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. And I was developing the point that the ordering of Jesus' words is very important in a reading of the story. If he said, I do not condemn thee, Because you stop doing something, then it's salvation by works. Yep, that's right. And the moment that she falls into sin again, then she loses her standing. Huh. So Jesus is now busy justifying people every time they sin. <laughs> he can't do that. No. But Jesus comes and says, Neither do I condemn thee, now you stop your foolishness. And it is a world of difference in the matter of the sinner's hope. Yes. How we understand those words of Jesus and the ordering of them. Yes. We cannot put the cart before the horse. That's right. We end up with a false gospel. Yes, sir. So neither do I condemn thee. It's God's message to his church. To his saints. Because every day we have some contrary experience with respect to sin. Yes. We have made resolutions to stop this sin and that sin. Lord, just give me more grace. I want to do better, I want to do better. But you see yourself doing the same thing over and over again. 
God's message is that simple. Neither do I condemn thee. The sister was elect. She belonged to Jesus. It's God who brought her to Jesus through the sin that she committed. And I'm sure many can tell how they came to Christ. Some event, something happened, some sin happened, some really bad thing happened to them. And they found themselves looking for Jesus. But it was not they who were looking for Jesus. It was Jesus who was looking for them. All right. <laughs> so what I'm, what are we saying? I'm almost getting ready to land. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you can believe a preacher, <laughs> we are saying the law will condemn you. That's what it was given to do. It is not for your salvation. It is not for your sanctification. The cross alone is your salvation. Yes. 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 The law will have you stoned because of the weakness of your flesh. And we conclude also from the conversation that Christ is greater than our sin. Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Christ greater than the law. Yes. Greater than Moses. Mount Calvary is greater and better than Mount Sinai. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As the hymn says, marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yes. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured there where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Ah. We'll conclude the testimony of the woman from Romans 8. This is what the sister learned from this encounter with the law and this encounter with Jesus. God was preaching the gospel in the story of the woman. What God preached in the story, God preached with the pen of Paul. In theological writing. When Jesus shows up to the woman, he says, neither do I condemn thee. And then someone is going to say, we don't really know if the woman was saved because we never saw a given record. (laughs) no we never saw her repentance no all that matters is what Jesus said yes sir yes sir the matter of a giving record is between her and God yes yes sir (laughs) this is what Paul was given to put on paper by the Holy Spirit Romans 8 verse 1 there's therefore now don't read it too quickly. It's there for now. Huh. Now. Now, as we speak. It's there for now. No condemnation. No condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs> who walk not after the flesh, 
but after the Spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me explain what walking not after the flesh means. It means walking after the law. Huh. It's not someone who is drinking a shot of whiskey. That's not what that is saying. Well, those who walk after the law to establish their own righteousness. We are those who walk after the spirit of Christ. Yes, sir. That's the distinction. So no condemnation for those in Christ. That is the condition of your salvation. Being in Christ. Yes, sir. God put us in Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before the foundation of the world. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He chose us. That's Ephesians 1 teaching. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ hath made me free. Has made me this law, not anything that I do. This law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. So two laws have been given us, that which condemns and that which makes free. Yes. And that means grace. The law of the spirit of life in Christ means God's grace. Yes. Yes. Has made us free from the law of sin and death. Yes. And that is say grace is what set us free. Verse 3. And we'll stop at verse 4. For what the law could not do. The law could not help the sister. The law could not help you. It could only bring stones for her to be stoned. Yes. In condemnation. It could not help her. It could not give her even a second chance. Uh huh. In that it was weak through the flesh. The law was weak to serve because of our sin. We could not give the law what it required, which is perfection. Yes, sir. But God did. God did by sending his own son. Yes. Yes, sir. In the likeness of sinful flesh. Yes, sir. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Yes, sir. God did. It is done. Yes. Yes, sir. He said it is finished. It's finished. And why, what did Christ do when he condemned sin in the flesh? Number f- verse 4 of Romans 8. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Yes. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. Who walk not after the law, but by the ministry of the spirit in Christ. Yes, sir. So the righteousness of the law was fulfilled even for this sister who was supposed to die because Christ had come to take a sin upon himself to make payment, to make satisfaction for it. Yes. To make propitiation for it. Yes. And that is God's gospel. Everything said. I've said many things. It's very simple. What says thou? 
And Jesus did answer to that. Neither do I condemn thee. Thank you, Lord. Because there is, therefore now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes. 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 Amen. Amen. Amen.